You're listening to Sarah Picking Entertainment. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andre Cherry, your host of the Cherry Picking Podcast. And thank you for downloading another episode of the show. I'm pumped to be able to talk to you today, talk about some college football. We got week three action coming up. I took a week off last week. Things have just been busy uh, personally and professionally. And so I just didn't have an opportunity to record last week. But this week, I'm excited to give you a little preview of week three action coming up. We'll kick this episode off. I'll just share with you my week three locks for this week. In the ACC, I'm taking Ole Miss over Georgia Tech. That should be a blowout. Big Ten, Oklahoma over Nebraska. It's a little bit of a transition period for Nebraska. Scott Frost, he got the axe last week after his team lost to Georgia Southern. They were, I think, initially favored by over 30 points or something, something crazy like that. I had a feeling coming into last Saturday that Nebraska should be on upset alert. Just something in my gut told me, you know, even though they're favored by quite a bit at home, that Nebraska would lose that game and come to find out they they lose it, uh, heartbreaking fashion. And I knew that the writing was on the wall for Scott Frost. I'm sure you all knew, if you've been following college football, following that program in particular, that his days were seemingly numbered. At Nebraska, and it's a shame because last season, you know, had some things kind of gone their way. I mean, they had a handful of games where they lost under seven points. So that I mean, having that swing last year, if it had swung the other way, and you had those touchdowns that would have helped you in the end, we would talk about a whole different situation. Scott Frost maybe would have been getting some sort of an extension, or he would be a hero coming into this season. But, you know, you lose to Northwestern week one, you lose to Georgia Southern in week two, you knew that your days are numbered. And so they fired him right away. (laughs) They fired him on Sunday. They had to pay, I think, what, $15 million buyout? Had they waited to October 1st, it would have been less than that. I think like $7.5 million or something around that ballpark. But... Nebraska just wanted to change. They just got rid of them. And so now all the eyes are on what they're going to do in the future, who are they going to hire. I've seen some names thrown out there, some possibilities. I I said Urban Meyer. I know I'm probably not the first one to say that. I just think that he knows the landscape of the Big Ten. Very successful coach. You know his resume. He could come into the Midwest. He could come into Nebraska and build that thing into a winner. The question is, does Nebraska want him? Does Urban even want that opportunity? It seems like he'd have to rebuild from scratch because I don't know what pieces are truly there for him to really build out and flesh out a program that could be a winner day one. But you, I think at this point you need someone that is proven, someone that knows how to win, somebody that has actually won to come in and fix that program because they need help. It's, it's too bad that Nebraska... Nebraska is synonymous with losing. This used to be a juggernaut program, a powerhouse back in the day in the in the late 90s. I think was the last time that I remember in my lifetime that Nebraska was really competitive. 
and it's just a sad state of affairs. I think Oklahoma will trounce Nebraska. I think it'll be a blowout this upcoming weekend. So that's my lock out of the Big Ten. In the Big 12, I'm taking NC State over Texas Tech. This is a throwback to the early 2000s when NC State and Texas Tech would play home and away series uh, against one another. This is when Phillip Rivers, T.A. McClendon, even Cliff Kingsbury was the quarterback there at Texas Tech. But I remember those days. I was I was in high school watching those games on Fox Sports. And T.A. McClendon would just run all up and down the Red Raiders. I mean, his freshman year, he was impressive. I wish I could find that footage from back in like the early 2000s when the, these two teams would play. So it's a throwback to kind of those early days of the 2000s. I'm taking NC State over Texas Tech. They need to get this win to keep that momentum forward because they've got some tough tests coming up in the ACC pretty soon here. So out of the Big 12, NC State over Texas Tech. And then in the Pac-12, I'm taking Notre Dame over Cal. And I know Notre Dame hasn't had the best start. Marcus Freeman hasn't had the best start to his coaching career. But I think Notre Dame will get a victory over Cal this weekend. They need that to boost morale to get things on the right track. I think that's a, a very winnable game for Notre Dame. So I'm taking that in the, out of the Pac-12. And then out of the SEC, I'm taking Miami over Texas A&M. Now I'm calling this an upset. Even though Miami is ranked higher than Texas A&M and the AP poll, I think Miami's 13 right now. Texas A&M is almost playing its way out of the top 25. They're number 24 I call it an upset because Kyle Field, College Station, that's not an easy place to play. And so the atmosphere will be hype. It it was hype last week. It'll be hype this week for this matchup against Miami. I think that team got embarrassed last week. And by that team, I mean Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher got embarrassed. I don't think they play that same way again, but I just don't think it's enough. I really like Mario Cristobal. I like what he's doing with the U. And this is a different team. They're well-disciplined. They, they've been playing really well thus far two weeks into the season. I'm going to give that upset pick to Miami because, again, like I said, uh, College Station is not an easy place to play. I'm sure the energy will be hype. It'll be up. And I just think, unfortunately, for Texas A&M, I think they're going to lose that game to Miami. That'll be a solid victory, a solid win for Mario Cristobal going into the SEC and stealing a win from Texas A&M. But we'll talk about Texas A&M a little bit later on in this show. But uh, Miami over Texas A&M for my pick out of the SEC. So let me run it back for you all one more time. These are just my straight-up lock predictions for Week 3 action. In the ACC, Ole Miss over Georgia Tech. In the Big Ten, Oklahoma over Nebraska. In the Big 12, NC State over Texas Tech. In the Pac-12, Notre Dame over Cal. And in the SEC, Miami over Texas A&M. Now, if we take a look at my college football predictions, the predictions that I made earlier this this season, or in the preseason, rather, I picked four teams to make it to the college football playoffs, and we're going to assess how they do each week. If they should stay in the race or if they should drop out, you know, that will be discussed as we move along here this season. In the preseason, I predicted Alabama, uh, Ohio State, NC State, and Iowa to make it to the college football playoffs this year. So Alabama, they barely survived a huge scare against UT last weekend. 
they were favored in that matchup last weekend. Uh, they just narrowly escaped against Texas, who really gave it all, gave it their all. And I know we always say Texas is back, Texas is not back. I think maybe that's overplayed now. People probably don't like hearing that. If you certainly if you're a UT fan, but Texas played up, and they almost had a shot to win that game. I was actually kind of rooting for Texas to to do that to upset Alabama. Number one ranked Alabama, mind you, and they just couldn't get it done. They move up in the AP poll, which is kind of funny. I mean, they were unranked, and despite the loss to Alabama, they get rewarded with the number 21 ranking in this week's AP poll. Shout out to Texas for playing competitively and almost doing the unthinkable. Alabama, as a result, drops down to number two in the AP poll, which is kind of suspect that they drop only one spot, but they came back and they orchestrated a a nice comeback to win the game. They did what they had to do to beat Texas this week. They get a little bit of a reprieve in their contest against UL Monroe, where they're favored by 49 and a half points. So Alabama, they'll look better this week. And I, I, I bet you they don't look like that again for quite some time in sec play. I mean, if, if at all, again, I mean that, they usually get maybe one or two, one scare a year. I wouldn't say two, but like usually one scare. Alabama will have to uh, try to endure on their way to the playoffs, but I, I think that really woke them up. We got Ohio State. It was another team that I predicted. They dominated Arkansas State last weekend. The score was 45-12. to 12. Quarterback C.J. Stroud, he balled out. He threw for 351 yards. He had four touchdowns. And his favorite target of the day was wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, that's right. Marvin Harrison Jr., who caught seven balls for 184 yards, three touchdowns. Ohio State is rolling this this early part of the season. They should roll again this weekend against Toledo. And then we have NC State. As you know, they survived the week one scare against ECU. And they blew out Charleston Southern last week. So they have a little bit of a momentum on their side. This weekend, they do face Texas Tech. And like I said earlier, I remember those days in the early 2000s when Texas Tech and NC State would play. Phillip Rivers balling out. T.A. McClendon just running all up and down the field. That dude was a beast. He was one of my favorite running backs, college football running backs of all time. And so the pack dominated at Cliff Kingsbury during that time period. Cliff is now in the NFL, but NC State is a team that many folks, including myself, believe that they have a great potential this season to do some unimaginable things within the ACC. We haven't seen them reach certain heights in the ACC, but this could be the year that they put it together, is my hope. But in order to get all that national love and and potentially make it to the playoffs, they have to win every game. They have to win this game this weekend. I think they will and so they survive right now in my uh, college football predictions um, for the playoffs. And then we have Iowa. This team has been head-scratching at times. Iowa, I feel like they go through these peaks and valleys where they're hot one season and then they have a regression. This season certainly seems like a, re- a regression. That offense is nowhere to be seen. I'm keeping... Iowa on this list right now for the teams that I think will make it because because of the fact that the Big Ten West is wide open right now. The teams don't look good. They don't look as good. 
I'll, I'll say it that way. They don't look as good as the teams out of the Big Ten East, which is usually the case year in, year out. I mean, usually the Big Ten East is, is more dominant than the Big Ten West because if you look at it right now, every team in the Big Ten East is undefeated at 2-0. and And then if you look at the Big Ten West, I mean, Illinois uh, leads the pack at 2-1. and You do have Minnesota there as well that's undefeated at 2-0, and the only undefeated team in the Big Ten West. Uh, you only got those two teams that have two wins right now, uh, Minnesota and Illinois. So it's, it's wide open, certainly. I mean, we haven't started Big Ten play yet. But once we do, Iowa, I think, could be in the mix. If they can figure out this offensive problems and if they can kind of correct these issues with uh, Spencer, uh, with the quarterback Spencer Petrus, who still will continue to be the starter despite a lack of uh, offense. They only scored one touchdown through the first two games, which seems head-scratching because the opponents they played aren't that good. I mean, I wouldn't say Iowa State is going to be world-beater this year, but the first two weeks for Iowa just have not looked have not looked good at all. And maybe they'll pick it up and figure it out, but it's it's not good. Petrus, he's a third-year starter. He has faced intense scrutiny. He's still going to get the start this weekend against Nevada, but... The senior, I mean, he's completed 23 of 51 passes for 201 yards with two interceptions, no touchdowns. He has a QBR rating of 3.4, which ranks second lowest nationally. So Iowa has been hesitant to go with Alex Padilla, who started three games last season, but they need to make a change. I think Nevada, they should be... Hopefully a comfortable win is what Kirk Ferentz is hoping for and maybe get that confidence up for Spencer. But this is not going to be sustainable. And if they continue to falter and that offense doesn't show up, they are going to be one of the laughing stocks of college football this season. And they are no, going to be nowhere near the playoffs this year. I just think if they can figure it out, Iowa has a shot to to potentially win the Big Ten West if they can get that offense rolling and maybe write their own ticket to the playoffs. But it's it's a long shot right now, a long shot at best. I mean, they need to win, and they need to get that offense. So I don't know if Iowa will be too long on this list of teams that I think will make it to the playoffs. But for right now, they are, they're warming. I'll keep them on here. But uh, if they have another lackadaisical week on offense, they're going to be sh- – they're going to be gone from this list. So we'll have to monitor that as we move forward throughout the season. We'll take a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere. Cherry Picking Podcast will be right back. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts join the show and there's a little bit of something for everybody join me bridget for a slice of inspiration plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in new episodes every friday at 8 a.m pacific standard time available anywhere you get your podcasts hey what's up y'all welcome back to the show so texas a&m losing to appalachian state last weekend 17 to 14 at kyle field i mean that talk about an upset that that is probably the second largest upset for Appalachian State or the, the second most favorable upset certainly 
you know, we all remember when they beat Michigan, but no one outside of Boone, North Carolina, thought that A&M would lose that game. Nobody outside of Boone, North Carolina, thought that Appalachian State would come into Texas to Kyle Field, a very tough place to, to win, and beat Texas A&M. I mean, that's... Appalachian State's got something going on in those mountains for them to come in there and just dominate Texas A&M. They dominated time of possession 41 and a half minutes to A&M's 18 minutes. I mean, that's insane. Talk about just control of the game. You don't give Texas A&M a chance to even get in the game. If they they got the ball for 18 minutes, the defense is on the field, the entire game gassed. I mean, that, that's insane. A&M had two costly turnovers, which didn't help their case either. Teams are going to stop playing these North Carolina teams. One, one of these days, these teams are going to realize we should stop scheduling the Appalachian State. NC State's going to stop scheduling ECU. I mean, these teams get up. Appalachian State should have beat North Carolina the week prior. Can you imagine that? You beat North Carolina. You beat Texas A&M on the road. I mean, that's insane. This team gets up. And I think I saw College Game Day is going to be there this weekend, which will be fun. I don't, I, think that's, I don't know if that's the first time ever that they've been at, to Appalachian State, but that's quite the reward for a team that did the unthinkable this past weekend, beat an SEC team. That is outstanding. Shout out to the Appalachian State Mountaineers. I mean, that's one hell of a victory. Jimbo Fisher is probably real embarrassed, real, I wouldn't say nervous for his job, but he's a bit of a salesman out of the SEC. He's He's got a hype man. He's a hype man with a big mouth, and he got embarrassed last week. And if they lose this week against Miami, I mean, I don't know what he does. He goes into hiding. He just doesn't open his door because there's going to be some pressure. There's always pressure on A&M. They beat Alabama last year. Folks think that this team can be dominant in the SEC West. We haven't seen it yet, but that's the hope, is that Texas A&M someday does what Alabama does. And you are not going to get there by losing to Appalachian State. I can tell you that. If they lose to Miami, we're going to be in some trouble here. The Mountaineers, they pulled off, like I said, it'll be remembered as the second biggest upset in school history. And, I mean, Texas A&M is a team that is well-stocked with talent. And these kids from Boone, North Carolina, came in and just upset you, made you look stupid. They embarrassed you. The Aggies became the second top-ten team to lose to a program from the Sun Belt on Saturday. We all know Marshall beat Notre Dame, who was ranked number eight at the time, 26-21. to And the stat I kept hearing, Marcus Freeman, he is the first coach to start 0-3 at Notre Dame. That's almost like a, a little misleading to say that because you know how Marcus Freeman assumed that position of head coach after Brian Kelly bounced right before their playoff game. So that you know that mark that pressure is on Marcus Freeman to perform in the playoffs. They lose. They lost against Ohio State earlier this season, which it started pretty pretty close, pretty competitive for the first half of the game at least. They lose that game, and now they lose this past weekend to Marshall, who came back in that game and, and beat them. It's not a good start, and I don't want 
everyone to think that the the sky is falling. I'm not saying that that's the perception. I just don't like when you kind of throw that stat out there that he's 0-3, the only coach to do that in Notre Dame history. You're not really setting him up for success. I mean, the facts are the facts. I'm not, I'm not trying to say we should hide from that. Certainly, you shouldn't hide from it. But I'm just saying, put a little context around that. But I think Notre Dame, they'll get a victory this weekend against Cal. That should be a good momentum builder for sure and a good morale booster. So that'll be something to look out for this weekend. I'm, I'm actually interested in that game. But yeah, Appalachian State, this is a team that knows how to win. They upset number five Michigan in 07 when the school was still an FCS program, which is even embar- more embarrassing for Michigan. The win this past weekend against Texas A&M marked the third victory over a ranked opponent in school history. So this no doubt will go down in the record books as one of the best wins of all time. You know, there's those moral victories. I mean, this team you know, won't compete for a national championship anytime soon. Maybe not ever, but the fact that you have these victories over ranked teams, number five, Michigan, number six, Texas A&M. I mean, some teams in the in the power five don't even have wins like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, when you look back at their football resume, what they've done throughout their school's history of playing college football, they don't have those marquee wins like that. So the fact that Appalachian State has that on its resume in the history books, it's sealed forever. That's somewhat of a victory. I mean, that's that's a big thing to tout. You go out in your App State shirt, hat, you wear that with pride because people know you all aren't punks. You're a team that knows how to win. You've upset teams before. And I think they got paid something like $1.5 million from Texas A&M to play in this game. So I just think teams are going to get wise to the fact that they should not be scheduling Appalachian State because they come ready to play. They, got, they get hype, they get up, and they do what they need to do. They go to work. And, I mean, that's such a great win for that program and such an embarrassing loss for Jimbo Fisher. Again, if they lose this weekend, Texas A&M, to Miami, I think Jimbo Fisher is going to be quiet because he's a talker, but he's going to be quiet for sure. So there we have it, my friends. We've got week three college football action kicking off this weekend. I'm thrilled to watch some more college football this weekend. Should be fun looking out for what my predicted college football playoff teams will do this weekend. I'm excited for that Texas A&M versus Miami game. I think Miami's really picking up momentum and steam in Mario Cristobal's first year back home at Miami. There are a few games that have my interest this weekend. I hope you guys have a good, nice seat on the couch. Hope you enjoy watching college football this Saturday. And I cannot wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate your support. Talk to you soon. Peace. Appalachian State's got something going on in those mountains for them to come in there and just dominate Texas A&M. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. 
I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.